Hello there, and welcome to Talking Tunes with Turnip, the podcast where I, Turnip, talk about the tunes I've been listening to too much. In the background, you're listening to a cold wind is blowing in by the modern jazz quartet. And it is, isn't it? A cold, cold wind is blowing into the world, both literally and figuratively. It's very cold. I'm wearing a jacket. Uh, but I'm also holding a flashlight because dark days are upon us. Literally and figuratively. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Well, here is the part of the podcast where I break the news to you that Israel and Palestine are at odds. I'll preface this as saying you will not exit this particular podcast, knowing how to best resolve the unrest in the Middle East. Um... That'll be next month's episode. As of right now, I, I don't know. I mean, I think we got to have a ceasefire now. If we don't have a ceasefire, we have fire now. I'm a fire never kind of guy, you know? I'm a peace guy. I know that doesn't sound like anything. People say, peace guy? You sound like a piece of shit guy. Who's your enemy, you fucking piece of shit guy name your enemy and see them slain but i think most of us are actually peace guys i i think uh most guys are capable of reason and empathy and love but then if that's the case how do we get to this place how did we get to this place where every day international discourse dissolves into a bizarre grotesque accounting of who has killed whose babies. Do you notice that? Every day, every news outlet, it uses dead babies as a metric of wrongdoing. Perhaps that's the indication that we're in the wrong place, you know, doing the wrong thing. I don't know. But we got to that place, and we got there quite quickly. You know, very quickly after Hamas attacked Israel, the rallying cry was, oh, they killed our babies. And the whole world said, oh my God, this is horrible. There is nothing more horrible than dead babies. They said, yes, there is, because you know what else happened? They beheaded our babies. And then the whole world said, holy shit. Why? Why the fuck? I mean, to kill a baby is bad. But to behead a baby, that's quite difficult. I mean, you know, I... And I don't know how to talk about this because I don't want to sound callous. But this is how people think. At least this is how I think. It's just like, you know, that's a quite a small target. Did you use an axe? Did you use a sharp spoon? Oh. Oh, Lord. I don't know. I don't know. You hear a baby beheading, and you have my sympathy. You have the sympathy of the world. We can't let the baby beheaders have their day. So fine, you say, what are we going to do about this? The Israeli and the United States government put their heads together and said, we need to drop a billion bombs on their babies. That wasn't... That was not actually the immediate response. First, there was a honeymoon period. Remember that? Oh, that was long ago. It feels like when they bombed the babies in the hospital and Joe Biden told the whole world, oh, we would never bomb the babies in the hospital. That was the other side. He literally said that. He's like he's playing flag football 
which is maybe the biggest as if of all time. But that was a long time ago, and that honeymoon period lasted like a week. Then the U.S. and Israeli governments put their heads back together and said, listen, uh, it's going to be nothing but babies for a long time. In fact, we're going to have to drop white phosphorus bombs on their babies all the time. And the whole world said, oh, my God, this is horrible. Nothing is more horrible than dead babies. And they were like, listen, these dead babies, they're not just dead babies. If they'd grown up, they were going to be adults who were baby beheaders. Now look at you. You want to be one of the guys that's letting the baby beheaders have their day. And then we found out that the reports of the beheaded babies weren't necessarily accurate. And it's like, you know, how dare you bring that up? Fine. <laughs> maybe we, maybe we didn't, maybe they didn't behead the babies, but their heads are useless now. You better vote for us again. I don't know. I struggle to find a way to discuss this, but I, I, I think about it all the time. So I do think it bears discussion. This needs to stop, you know, for the babies. Oh, Lord. I've certainly talked about this for longer than I want to. Uh... Now for the most incredible segue, it was just recently Christmas. Yes, that most holiest of days in the old U.S. of A. So you know I had my Christmas music going on. One thing I love about the holidays is that for one month a year, the whole country agrees to turn the clock back to like 1958. Where the Hot 100 goes from like Doja Cat and Sexy Red to Brenda Lee and Burl Ives singing, you know, all the songs that your grandpa lost his virginity to. Frank Sinatra. I hope my grandpa lost his virginity to Frank Sinatra. Not only am I from New Jersey, uh, the high school that I transferred to was in Hoboken, New Jersey. Oh, that's where Frank Sinatra was from. And oh, I love Frank Sinatra as much as Frank Sinatra hated where Frank Sinatra was from. Frank Sinatra hated Hoboken on account of a a, a ton of reasons that are much to do with the past. They basically thought his mother was a witch. She was a nurse, and she was a nurse in the past, and there were a lot of young women in Hoboken who got pregnant. Uh, Probably a lot of them got pregnant by Frank Sinatra, and she helped them get abortions. And so the people of Hoboken wanted to burn her at the stake. I suppose that's not such a reason of the past. People are still peeved with each other about abortion. But we don't have to talk anymore about dead babies. It's Christmas. One time I walked downstairs while my mother was watching uh, How I Met Your Mother. And the characters from New York were fighting with a, a bunch of characters from New Jersey. And the New Jersey guys say, we got, we got Frank Sinatra. And the New York guy goes, yeah, the song's not called Seacaucus, Seacaucus. And I thought to myself, this must be the funniest show of all time. Because I love Frank Sinatra. But I say all that to say the reason the song's not called Seacaucus, Seacaucus is uh, because... Frank Sinatra hated how much they hated his mom in Secaucus. Here's something. I was working at a store at Christmas time, and I was I was playing this song. I, I was playing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, and a guy told me, I hate this song. 
I was like, you hate this song? Where, where Frank Sinatra says, faithful friends who are dear to us shall, shall be near to us once more. You hate that? That's something you hate? He was like, I hate Frank Sinatra. He sucks. I was like, I hate you. And I wish however many years ago, Frank Sinatra's mother had got a hold of yours. I didn't say that. I, w- I was working at a store and it was Christmas, but I did hate him. I don't hate him. Hate is a strong word and words are important. I did not care for what he said or his stupid fucking face, but I did not hate him. And Frank Sinatra does not suck. Can you believe he said that? I'll say that again. Frank Sinatra sucks. Oh my goodness. Oh lord. Now again, I want to unpack those words because words are important. First of all, what are we talking about? What are we saying? Frank Sinatra sucks? Are we saying that Frank Sinatra sucks dick? He doesn't. That's absurd. And it's homophobic. And that's your mother you're thinking about. Uh, I don't know. Next up, Death Letter. Now, this is an old Sunhouse tune. I've been thinking about it because I, I was watching the new True Detective, the new Nick Pizzolatilus True Detective. True Detective Night Country. They fired uh, Nick Pizzolatto, the guy who writes True Detective, and then they hired someone else to write an entirely new story called True Detective. Night country. You know, more, more, hey, more like True Detective I country. More like True Detective just I country. No, it's too soon to call it. I like Jodie Foster. Uh, I like an Arctic setting. And I got both those things. Jodie Foster uh, lives in an Arctic town where the nights are months long and the women are lesbians. And it's within this most menacing of locales that someone uh, begins to do murders. Here is what I would do. Uh, Move. I'd move. If I lived there, I'd move. And you know where I'd move to is uh, anywhere. I would move to Flint, Michigan and live a life that was 192% better than the one made previously available to me in a place called Night Country. Hey, chew a vampire? No, then move. Hey, if I lived in the Night Country and there was a serial killer, you know what I would call him? Hero. I'd call him the town hero. I'd call him, I'd call him the mayor. The great man, finally, a, po- a politician who cares about this city and how there's people in it. If he tried to kill me, I'd call him Mr. Thank You. I'd say, forget what your name used to be, now you're Mr. Thank You. Because thank you. I mean, what am I going to do in the night country? You know? Go to work? Fat chance. You try driving to the office, you turn on the radio, they play a song about summer. Oops, you got to kill yourself now. Hope no one's in the car. That was another thing. There was a character in the True Detective Night Country, and everyone seems to hate her. She was a woman, and she was a drunk driver, and it seems like she drunk drives a lot. And it's like, what the fuck do you want from this poor bitch? I mean, if I lived in Night Country, I'll tell you what. I'm drunk driving my kids to school and crossing my fingers all the while. I mean, imagine you live there. Just, it's so boring. People are mutilating their mouths with rare metals. You, you turn on a TV show or a football game where the sun's out, and you're just like, what? No! I don't know. 
I liked the pilot. I did. Uh, but here's something which I didn't like. Billie Eilish. Lame. The opening credit song was Billie Eilish. Lame. And this is not even a knock on Billie Eilish, who I'm sure is she fine, you know? But you're going from the handsome family to Leonard Cohen to Sunhouse, performed by Cassandra Wilson, and, you know, the, then what's next? The most popular 13-year-old in the world. Lame. And it's really not a Billie Eilish thing. I think one day she's going to be a very important, you know, but that song is still on the radio. It was, just came out a couple years ago. That's like if they made the, the, the new theme song to Game of Thrones, like Hotline Bling. If you are a music supervisor for the biggest prestige television network of all time, you got to be able to pick a song that my nephew doesn't know. And I don't even have a nephew, but he knows that song. Lame. That first True Detective song, though? I think I've already talked about that on here. I mean, that song was so perfect. And I know the Handsome family is singing it. But my head just auto-corrected that information until I believed it was Matt McConaughey singing it. Just with a guitar. If you put a guitar in Matt McConaughey's tan hands, I guarantee you that song comes out. And then when they went from that song to the one by Lenny Coco, I admired the shit out of it. And I was talking to my brother about this, so this is something that he said. But that song, oh, such an interesting tone to open a show with. Specifically that show, because it's much slower, it's much less immediately gratifying, and everybody wanted them to play that handsome family track again. Everyone wanted True Detective Season 2 to be True Detective Season 1. They wanted Matt McConaughey to come out with his guitar and sing. And instead they got 99-year-old Leonard Cohen singing a love song that's about how a beautiful woman is just like Kabbalah. But that's what was so cool about True Detective Season 1. You know, it's like... True Detective in general was just this one fella kind of bragging about the stuff that he's into. You know, here's the song I like. Here's the first five pages of five philosophy books. Here's what I think politicians do to kids. And here is the end of an Alan Moore comic you never read. I don't see how you just take that guy's show and give it to someone else. But now it sounds like I don't like the show. And I don't want to say that because it might end up being good. I do want to say one thing that I did like. I did like... The big twist. A record of the big twist. The we and if you're wondering what I'm referring to, the games of I'm saying are so she's straight. The stones we cut. She's straight. Our love peace. I don't know if that was meant to be a big twist relative to the ongoing mystery, but I... I was surprised. You're telling me that in Night Country, the town where everyone's gay, the one straight lady is Miss Mouth? She's the one who's out fucking dudes that look like Jason Momoa to death? Okay. That's a twist. Jodie Foster, lesbian. Her daughter, lesbian. But Lady Iron Dimples is the one straight in gay country. Hey, more like ladies' night country. Kaboom. More like ladies' night country. Anyhow, that's our show. I got a new piece coming out uh, next month. 
It's called Playing Doctor. It was supposed to be my Halloween special, but not all that which is supposed to be is. That's important to remember. But I've got an editor, and he's the best in the business. And uh, you know what comes with that? Busyness. He's been uh, busy, but he's working on it. If you join my Patreon, you go straight to heaven, and also you will receive uh, exclusive content, including a uh, extended episode of this podcast. If you are so interested in that, we'll talk more about Frank Sinatra. We'll talk more about Palestine, and God bless you if you're interested in that. You receive a Turnips Big Business card, and that's that. Okay. Goodbye.